Imagine jet-setting to exotic destinations worldwide, flying first class and staying in luxury hotels, all while barely touching your savings. Sounds like a fantasy? Well, it's not only possible, it's accessible. And we're here to shatter the biggest myths that are holding you back from travel hacking your way to your dream vacation. From the truth about credit scores to the secrets behind endless miles, Join Taryn and I as we unpack the misconceptions and reveal how you can start traveling smarter, not harder. This is the episode that airlines and hotels don't want you to hear. Welcome to the Revolutionizing Your Journey podcast with DeAndre Koch, brought to you by Boldly Go. Beyond being the founder of Boldly Go, DeAndre has a deep expertise in financial planning through owning his own financial planning firm. This finance background has provided him unique insights, enabling him to navigate the travel landscape with ease and is considered a renowned travel hacker. On this podcast, we're all about assisting adventurous travelers and budding explorers in tackling their travel hurdles, teaching luxury travel hacking strategies, and highlighting the busy professionals that still find time and ways to get away. Expect travel tips, unforgettable destination stories, and guidance on maximizing your rewards points. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or just starting out, join us in exploring the best of global travel and become an expert luxury travel hacker yourself. This is your journey, but our revolution in the world of travel. Welcome, everybody, to the Revolutionizing Your Journey podcast. I am your host, DeAndre Koch, and with me today is my lovely co-host and fiance, Taryn Gisbert, and today we're going to be debunking common travel hacking misconceptions. So many out there think that travel hacking has a world of problems that it doesn't have, and there's a lot of misconceptions out there, from tanking your credit score, to you're going to get in trouble for gaming the system, to it only works if you have a lot of money, and there's many others. So today, stand by as we cover the top 10 travel hacking misconceptions, and Taryn's going to start us off with number one. Number one. Opening up credit cards lowers your credit score. Well, when you initially sign up for a credit card, your credit score can temporarily dip, like two to five points. But this is typically recovered in like 30 to 90 days. And as long as you're responsible with your spending and about paying your monthly balance on time, this will be a short-lived scenario. So it will not be a hindrance in the way that you probably expect it to be. Uh, And as you open up more credit, that actually can help your debt-to-income ratio. Absolutely. And Taryn, I, I know uh, you've been travel hacking with me now for a couple of years. Uh, and as someone that is newer into this, let me ask you just directly, what has been your experience with your credit score specifically? I mean, is is, is it in the gutter now because of all the stuff we've been doing? No, uh, it's still uh, above 800. And um I think I've opened how many cards in the last two years? Like four, I, th- I think. Probably four or five. Four or I think. five. Yeah. yeah, I've hit subs on four or five, so we've benefited from those points. And uh, yeah, still, still over eight hundred. So sitting pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. So myth number two: signing up for credit cards just to get the bonus is bad for your credit. And this leads in a little bit from number one, 
But here's the thing you got to know. If you do sign up for cards and you just earn and burn the bonus and then you close the card completely, like immediately after only having it a few months, then yes, that is going to negatively impact your score. Uh, the big thing, like I always like to preach, right? As a, as a, as a financial advisor, as someone who owns a wealth management practice, I always have to mention be responsible. So the biggest thing is you want to make sure that you keep the card at least a year. Also, there are some card companies that if you cancel that card after getting that signup bonus within a few months before you've had it a full year, they're actually going to penalize you and ask for those points back or basically payment for those points back. So you don't want to do that. So make sure you kept the card at least 12 months. Now, keep in mind, one of the big things that actually helps over time is your average age of credit. So when you do keep these cards open for an extended period of time, that actually ends up helping your average age of credit. Now, some of the cards have fees and such, and we're going to talk about in future episodes about how you can downgrade and make sure that if you're not using the card, that you're not just eating the fees for it. But again, uh, it's not going to be negative for your credit. If you just sign up for a card to get the bonus, it's completely fine. I'd also say that there's sometimes a bonus in there that you want to take advantage of, like the Venturax gives you additional um, insurance on your cell phone as long as you pay your cell phone bill with that. So, I mean, I hit my my sub there, but I'm still using it now to pay my cell phone bill because then that gives me additional insurance in case something happens to my phone. So it makes sense sometimes to hold on to that card longer and take advantage of some of the bonus points that they have in there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and certain cards, right, you know, you're going to absolutely want to keep for different benefits. I mean, on the Amex Personal Platinum, you know, we get 20 or $15 of Uber credits every single month. Uh, and in December, I think we get like 25 or 30. So it ends up being 200 bucks for the year. So there's definitely cards that you're going to want to keep and use to get the benefits out of it. But if it is a card that you literally just got for the bonus and it really has no other benefits, it's okay to put it to the side, but just don't close it a few months after you got it. Exactly. So number three, People who use credit cards have substantial debt. Now, while this could be true for some people who cannot control their spending, it is not true for everyone or for us. Uh, we use our credit cards for normal everyday spending and pay our bills in full every single month. And that's what we have to teach other people to do because otherwise you could end up in some substantial debt, which is not what we want. Um, so, you know, don't go into debt. If you can't pay it on time, don't open new cards. Uh, and fees are not as scary. They are actually good, but interest, that's what's bad. And it, it certainly is because one of the things that uh, a lot of these cards have, uh, especially the travel cards, is that you're not going to get 0% interest for 12 months or things that a lot of people look for when they do traditional you know, looking for a credit card. Typically, the interest on these cards from day one is going to be 22% or more. Uh, and so it's okay to have a high interest rate credit card if you're not actually carrying a balance because you're never actually paying that interest. Uh, so a lot of times, one of the things that hold people back, there's usually two things. A is the fee for a card, uh, but B is they look at, oh my gosh, that interest rate is scary. Again, if you're never carrying a balance on the card, 
well, then you never pay the interest. Again, fees are okay, like Taryn mentioned, right? Like fees are okay because those are what's going to get you value, right? If I said, hey, here's $2,000 of hard-earned cash and you just have to pay me $100 for you, would you do it? And I think Taryn, you'd agree, right? If I, if I gave you $2,000 if I gave you $2, and I'll ask for it in return as 100 bucks, like, would you? I mean, why not? <laughs> And and that's all that is. We're basically saying, hey, I'm going to pay you this fee for the card to get two thousand or even more in value. So um, it's not an issue at all to have a fee. But yes, we don't carry a ton of debt. And I think a lot of people think that oh, by having these cards, by doing the strategy, we're going to have you know tens upon tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. Uh, no, that would completely ruin everything that we're doing for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so number four. Earning a significant amount of points requires substantial spending. So that's not true. You never want to spend more than you can afford to pay off at the end of the month, right? And we just talked about that. You don't want to go into debt. The biggest thing with travel hacking is you want to use your credit card to pay your monthly bills, right? Like your cable, your cell phone, internet, Netflix, insurance, those type of things. And all you're doing is instead of it coming right out of your checking account, it's going onto a card that's going to get points. And if you manage your finances and cash flow well, if you are going to have that money coming out for your debit card or whatever it may be, it's the same money going on your credit card that you just have to make sure that you go to pay it off. Now, here's the big thing. Many cards give you 2x or even 5x the miles and points for things like gas, groceries, travel, dining out. So if you have a card that gives you 4X points on groceries, right, and you use that card specifically, let's just say you're a family of four and you spend $1,000 a month in groceries. That card's going to give you 4,000 points per month just for the normal spending that you're doing anywhere. And that 4,000 points translates to 48,000 points for the year. And for someone like Taryn or myself, for 48,000 points, we can get one of us at least to go business class to Europe, right? And so your usual grocery spend can really take you um, a, a long ways. And so if you haven't already, make sure you do subscribe to our newsletter um, on the website, boldlygo.world, because you're going to get the card categories breakdown, which is going to be a really cool tool so you can see like what, what card's going to help me with groceries or what card's going to help me with travel um, or whatever it may be. So again, you don't have to blow through your budget just to earn points. It's all about strategies. And um, and also I know, Taryn, you like to use shopping portals as well. That likes to help, right? Yeah. I was going to add, it's a lot about timing. So it's not about buying uh, more than you can afford. It's about buying the things you normally buy, but at the right time. So when you use different shopping portals, they'll have different uh, points per dollar. And sometimes places that you normally will shop, like for example, I have a dog, I'll buy my dog food and sometimes it'll be 15 times points. Um, and that's how much you'll get per dollar. And it's get a couple bags of dog food, which I'm already buying at a couple hundred dollars. And that ends up being thousands of points when you buy it at the right time. So it's not about spending more. It's about strategizing exactly how you spend. And, you know, it's a, even like as an example around uh, Black Friday or uh, Valentine's Day, even different times of the year, a lot of these portals, like Terrence said, they open up, oh, this used to be 2x, now it's 10 or 15 or 20x points uh, for something that you might be doing anyway. 
right? And so if you just know to keep a lookout for these things, or what I do is I just install the browser extension. So if I go on a website, I have pop-ups that say, oh, this is going to be 5x points or whatever miles. Uh, then I just know, okay, if I just literally hit this button that says activate, I can now get all these extra points and miles for something that I was going to buy anyway, which is really nice. Yeah, it really is. I love getting more when I'm buying the same things I normally buy. <laughs> so that brings us to number five. It's too complicated to keep track of everything. I get it. It can feel overwhelming. But once you get the hang of it, it becomes pretty easy. Uh, there's a bunch of free and paid tools that can also help you in keeping track of all of the different things that you have to offer from each one of these cards. Uh, one of them is Travel Freely, and another is Award Wallet. Uh, I feel like I'm a little newer to those. Uh, do you want to break that down for everybody listening? Yeah, so uh, Travel Freely is really cool because it's 100% free, uh, and they actually allow you so they don't link to anything they don't require passwords or usernames to any of your accounts like some other ones do and basically you can tell it when you got your card so you can literally say okay i got this card on march 1st as an example and it's going to track and remind you okay this specific card has a three-month time window to get your signup bonus so it's going to alert you that you've got 15 days left as an example before your signup bonus closes which is really nice but the other piece that it will do is near your one year anniversary, it's going to remind you, hey, this card's going to have its annual fee. It's going to hit. Be prepared. If you want to think about downgrading, this is the time to be thinking about that. So it's, it allows you to keep track of your cards, what you have, the signup bonuses, the windows, all those different things. Now, Award Wallet's a little bit different. Award Wallet will actually tap into your different miles programs, whether it's you know American Airlines, Amex, Delta, uh, chase all those different places. And what they're actually going to do is they're going to send you alerts as you see your points build. And it's basically literally a wallet online. So you can see how many points you have everywhere uh, and makes it really easy. Um, and I know Taryn, you love the TripIt app itself. And you're actually the one that told me about it, um, which is really great about uh, being able to organize travel. But they actually have a section in there for the pro users where they will store all of your information as far as awards and points and miles go as well. So in there, you can actually see where everything is. Yeah. I mean, that's what I love about Tripit Pro. It makes everything really easy and in one place. And with the extra features, you can see like how many, you know, uh, bonus points, miles, uh, depending on the vernacular of the card uh, that you have for each one of the reward programs. Uh, so it's definitely a huge help. Uh, I love when uh, we have apps that do everything for us now. It's great. Hey everyone, this is DeAndre Koch interrupting the episode real quick to let you know that if you want to travel in style and luxury, thanks to travel hacking, here's an amazing opportunity to learn how. I've partnered with Lux Travel Hacks to offer you a special discount on their in-depth online course. It busts common myths, teaches the basics, and even has advanced techniques that surprised even me. Imagine exploring ancient ruins in Italy or sipping cocktails on a Polynesian beach and traveling there in business or first class, all for less than you'd pay for economy. This limited time offer saves you 50% and you even get bonus content that's not available to the public. You also get access to the private Lux Travel Hacks Facebook community where you can grow even more in your travel expertise. 
Click the link in the show notes and use the code BOLDLYGO at checkout to take advantage of this huge opportunity. All right, now back to the show. Uh, Number six, you can do travel hacking. You can do all of this with just one card. Now, I'm going to level that out with you. At best, you're probably only going to get one trip per year, and that's the reality of it. Uh, really diversifying beyond one credit card is going to be essential if you want consistent, nearly free vacations. If you don't, that's okay. And if it takes you out of your comfort zone, at least start with one. But you are going to want to get to a place where you have more so that you can diversify your strategy, have points in different places. So really, couples are typically advised to have, not just have, but open three to four cards annually for optimal benefits. And again, I've been doing this for six, seven, eight years at this point. I know people have been doing it for 10, 11, 12. It's not going to negatively impact you as long as you're responsible. And you do have, uh, you do work to, uh, again, keep yourself organized. So you can literally get to millions of points by opening new cards, meaning the minimum spend or what we call the sign-up bonus, the sub, earning the bonuses, and then you just repeat the process with various cards. Now, I think people, when they hear that, they think that like I walk around with like 30 cards on me when I go to the store or when I drive around, and that is not the case at all. Uh, I only keep two on me. I have two for personal uh, and two for business use. Uh, between the Boldly Go business, but also the wealth management business. So that's all I keep on me. So although I have opened and have a variety of cards that have different purposes, I really don't use a bunch of them all at once. I usually only keep a couple on me at any given point. This is something I actually hear pretty often when I start to talk to people or they, they want to bring up to me about travel hacking is they're like, oh, well, I have my card, but it's tied to one hotel brand or one airline. And to, to your point, like that will only help you with that hotel brand or that airline. I'm not saying that's a bad strategy. We have those cards as well. But mm-hmm. what you don't want to do is put all of your eggs in the one basket because then you really right. are just locked in to those brands. And some of these other cards that we talk about, you can transfer, which is the whole key to the game, uh, to different airlines, different hotels. So that's really the key. And a lot of people think they're travel hacking because they have that one or, or maybe even two. But if they're specific to a brand, It's not going to be as useful as you think, although it's not a bad strategy if you understand the whole game. Yeah, it definitely doesn't hurt. I mean, I know to your point, I'll talk and ask someone, hey, do you have the Amex Platinum? And they're like, yeah, I've got the Delta Amex Platinum. And they are surprised when they hear of all the different benefits that the Amex Platinum has that the Delta Amex Platinum does not have. And the crazy thing is, is Amex, you can very easily transfer your points from Amex to Delta. But if you just have Delta miles with the with the Delta Amex, it's stuck there. Mm. So if you're trying to go to uh, the Maldives, as an example, and fly there through Qatar Airways, which is an American airline partner, you're kind of stuck, right? You're not you're not flying Delta there. And so to your point, Taryn, I mean, like really, it, you it's okay to have co-branded cards with hotels, hotels and airlines, but that's not going to do the job for you. You definitely need to have a card like American Airlines or Chase or whatever it may be that allows you to transfer those. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to number seven, something I'm always afraid of. You'll get in trouble for breaking the rules. All right. Now, 
banks view their credit cards as a product. So these products comes with terms and conditions, of course, but they also come with bonuses and perks. It's not breaking the rules to take advantage of them. They just don't expect most people to be able to keep track of all of those bonuses and perks because they make it kind of complicated. But that's why you have us, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, going back to the earlier point, don't just get the spend sign up bonus and then cut the card and cancel it. Right. You you don't want to do things like that, but there's plenty of people that do this strategy on a day-to-day basis. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh man, I'm worried, like there's there's literally hundreds of people that do this, if not more. And you have to again just be organized with it and realize the bank's selling you a product. And when you go and you sign up for a card, someone's getting a commission somewhere. If you're using one of our affiliate links, then you know frankly, we are. But if you just go to chase.com and say, I want this card, that that commission is going to Chase as well or to Amex or wherever it may be. Someone's getting paid for you signing up for it. And so that's why it's literally a product. Again, you want to understand terms and conditions, but it's okay. You're not going to get in trouble. You're not gaming the system. I mean, we are a little bit, but we are doing it within reason and within the rules. Absolutely. Now, this is number eight is is one that I, I find pretty funny, uh, and it's you can't have kids and do this. Uh, and so what's funny about that, so obviously, Taryn and myself, we don't have kids. Uh, we are very much so in the, in the camp of dual income, no kids with a dog, uh, and that is the game plan. Um, but uh, we're actually in the minority. A lot of travel hackers that I hear and follow myself are parents. Uh, They are moms. They are teachers. They have kids and not just like one kid, like two or three or four kids. And so their travel hacking is going to be different. They might use a lot of Southwest or companion passes. They might be hacking the game to get to Disney. So you know, there might be a little bit of difference. And a lot of those same couples and families that I follow myself. Uh, one example is the uh, Travel Mom Squad podcast. Great podcast out there. Uh, they still go all over the world, sometimes with their kids, sometimes without. Without, So you can have kids. It's not a problem at all. Um, and it just, again, it takes a different element of planning. And frankly, it is easier when it's just the two of you, when you don't have a few kids in tow. Uh, but you can definitely do this with kids and or you can choose to do travel hacking so that when you want to get away, when you want the adults only vacation, uh, you could also do that as well. So you make it work. But arguably, like I said, with some of those cards on groceries and such, you're probably spending a lot on food. So take advantage and get the points for it. Absolutely. And with kids comes more bills. So I've heard. So (laughs) (laughs) I think that also helps you with your regular spending and being able to use that to really get the points that you'd need. Uh, So I think in a lot of ways, having having kids could be helpful um, in, in your as long as you follow the strategy. And that's what it all comes down to. So that brings us to number nine. You have to have a lot of money and be a big spender. I mean, that certainly can make it easier. Uh, <laughs> money always does at a certain point. Um, but it's really, this comes back to what I said earlier. This is about timing, understanding how to maximize the points for certain categories. 
airline card shopping portals, knowing when your uh, dollar, uh, you know, times bonus is going to be at a higher level, things that you're normally buying already, and just maximizing the point value that you're going to get on stuff that you already buy. That doesn't even mean spending more. It just means spending smarter and at the right time frame. Yeah, and I just uh, did that episode or the interview with Andy Cantu. If you didn't catch that, go back to episode eight. It's a really great one. Uh, but he actually explains when he was really early into travel hacking, I, I think he literally coins himself as like, hey, I was a broke 20-year-old. Uh, and my first time flying to Europe, I think it was actually technically a second time because one time he like went with his dad. Uh, but this first time that he really considers really going out and adventuring flying to Europe, he flew first class, uh, had a vehicle pick him up on the tarmac uh, to go see an F1 race. Like in seven days, he visited like seven countries in Europe all through travel hacking. So you don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to be a big spender like we alluded to before. It all just takes a little bit of planning, organization, and strategy. Absolutely. And so the last one, point number 10, it's too hard. That is something that I hear a lot. And I think the reason why is because people, when they hear about travel hacking, they start hearing us talk about the strategies and different things like that. I think they are looking at this like extreme couponing. And so nothing against people that do extreme couponing. It's definitely not for me, right? It does take some organization, takes a little bit of time, takes some strategy. You don't have to have a bunker full of, you know, eight gallons of tomato sauce uh, to do it. But here's the reality, guys. Anyone can do this. Uh, I've seen teachers. I've seen business owners. Um, in the uh, Travel Mom Squad podcast, or they also used to be called the Travel Hacking Mom podcast, uh, one of them is a, she's like, I'm a 70 year old grandmother. I'm, I just learned how to do this and I'm doing it myself. Right? I've seen a lot of different people from all walks of life do this. You don't have to be wildly intelligent. Uh, you don't have to be, uh, again, a multimillionaire, and you don't have to slave over hours and hours and hours and hours of research. Honestly, because if you keep following us, we're going to tell you exactly what you need to do. But really, anyone can do this. So you can really decide. It's okay. Hey, if you don't want to travel more, if you don't want to see the sites, and if you want to pay more to do it, then do the traditional way. But if you're like Taryn and myself, and you love seeing the world, you love going on adventures, and you really want to revolutionize your travels, well, then travel hacking is a very efficient and also fairly easy way to do once you understand how to do it. Exactly. It's less difficult uh, and it could be time consuming, but we're helping you with that part. So let us help you with the time consuming part. And then it's really not difficult and really anybody can do it as long as you can pay what you're spending, which you should do with any card. That is, that is so true. That is absolutely true. So guys, remember there's a lot of misconceptions out there about credit cards, points, miles, travel hacking. Uh, don't be misled, you know, and also open your mind, open your, your, your thoughts a little bit, allow yourself to be challenged, allow us to challenge you to have a different way of thinking around credit cards, around credit card management, around fees, around traveling. Because I promise you that first time that you fly business class in a lie flat long haul flight 
to Europe or Asia. I see tear in your face. You're just like, you know, reminiscing, oh, right? That, I mean, that, it hits different. It hits so different. It'll change flying for the rest of your life. <laughs> it, it will honestly ruin normal travel. Like the, the next time that you have to sit in an economy seat, because sometimes we just, we, it just still happens, right? We're not always in first class, but the next time you have to fly in an economy seat for more than like an hour, you're just going to be like, why am I not up front? Right. And then when you're in a plane with a bar, right? Like it just, I mean, Taryn, you were there. You were hanging out. You were making uh, friends. I mean, I've never had such a social flying experience. I mean, it, it totally, it, it hits differently. It's a, it's really hard to go back to your point, babe. Like <laughs> once you've been there, you've gotten that taste of, you know, business class, first class going back is, uh, it can be difficult, but it's definitely the best way to fly. It, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Taryn, any last thoughts before we wrap this one up? I mean, just don't be scared. This isn't, it's not going to be that difficult. We're going to walk you through it. We'll keep track of the stuff that maybe you don't have time to keep track of. And, you know, we're allowed to take advantage of this stuff. The credit cards are just hoping that we aren't going to be as attention to detail and do it. But uh, again, we're in this together. Absolutely right. 99% of users out there aren't doing these things. So why not be in the 1% that are, right? I started as a beginner many, many years ago. Uh, I, if you recall from the early episodes of the of the podcast, I was forced to learn because so many of my clients on the wealth management side were asking me for recommendations on cards. They're like, hey, I want to travel more. I want to do this, I want to do that. So I really learned to pour into and research all the things that we're telling you now, I spent so much time to help understand. And then I just embraced it myself. And literally, Taryn and I have saved hundreds of thousands of dollars on luxury, first class, business class, travel and experiences. So trust in the process. It truly works. I'm super excited to see where you'll be in a few years. And I'd love to hear more about your experiences because I know you'll have you'll create some amazing travel experiences as well. So just a few reminders. If you enjoyed the episode today, be sure to follow us on all the social media channels and sign up for our newsletter as well at our website, boldlygo.world, which will also be in the show notes. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. As always, thank you to my lovely co-host, Taryn, for joining me on the episode today. And we'll see you on the next episode. Take care, guys. Thanks for tuning into the Revolutionizing Your Journey podcast, brought to you by Boldly Go. Hit that follow button so you don't miss out on new episodes. For deeper insights and to level up your travel game with our strategies, book a consultation with us. Head over to www.boldlygo.world to set it up and explore more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boldly Go. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The strategies and results referenced on this site, while proven, are not guaranteed. While most who apply the principles referenced will achieve similar results, you may not yourself. Your results will vary and depend on many factors that may be in or out of your control, but include factors such as your credit score, financial status, business experience, etc. It is your responsibility to consume and implement these recommendations at your own risk. We cannot be held responsible for any failure to do so.